I realize it now, the first five years when I was doing that, especially when I went full-time, you know, that first year that I went full-time, I went back on my spreadsheet. And like I said, I had, you know, over 400, 300 leads in there. And I remember I spent that first week just literally calling every single person. I did that Monday, that first week, Monday through Friday, I went through that whole entire list. And I think I got like three uh, listings right, like, like right then, right off that list. Nice. You know, the more calls you're making, the more contacts you're making, or prospects you're getting, right? Then it's just a matter of nurturing them and following up and converting them. World-class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%. Empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up Podcast. We are super excited to have with us today, Peter Latelpa. Uh, of the Doctor Real Estate and Levia team, am I saying that right? Got it perfectly. Perfect. Sixty-two agents, Northern New Jersey. Uh, they just recently came over to EXP about six months ago. Did thirty million dollars in sales last year. Yep. Uh, yep. Another one of those guys where people are going to say, "Why the hell would you have another top producing uh, <laughs> agent from your own market on the show?" And I'm going to. My goal is to prove people wrong as to. Uh, why we can collaborate with other agents in our market uh, and why collaboration is such a, a huge part of what we're doing today. So long-winded intro, but Peter, thanks so much yeah. for, for being here, man. Excellent. Thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's an honor and I, I can't wait to, can I curse on here? Kick ass? Is that all right? Do your yeah. thing. Do your thing. All right. You're good, man. <laughs> awesome. Before we go into the light ring, light, lightning round questions, why am I stuttering so much today? Um, before we go into the lightning round questions, so uh, can you just share, did you actually become an MD or a DO and then give that up to go into real estate? Good question. So my doctor, so my doctor name comes from a PhD. So I have a doctor degree yeah. in uh, organic chemistry, believe it or not. Uh, and I, you know, I took my NCATs at one point in my life, got into med school, did an internship at Hackensack, hated it with a passion. My mom is old school. She's like, you gotta go, you gotta be a doctor. I told my whole family that you're gonna be a doctor. You can't shame me like this. I told everybody, right? So I'm like, mom, all right, fine. I'll, I'll become a doctor. I don't know what, but I'll figure it out. Ended up being in chemistry. <laughs> so it's really just to make your mom proud as the doctor of real estate. Long story short, to make my mom proud. And, and then I just, uh, I did a deal um, and it just, actually, believe it or not, John, our first deal together, yeah. 403 Power Drive, that was my second year in the business. Yeah. Um, and when I got that commission check, I said, uh, what am I doing? I got to do this full time. <laughs> I, I had a similar story, man. Yeah. We met years ago um, on a transaction. And uh, yeah, I've been impressed with your uh, your skills ever since. And and uh, I think that was you know one of the main reasons I wanted, had you, wanted to have you on today. Um, let's go through some of these lightning round questions just so uh, Kiro can get to know you a little bit better. Everybody sure. else can too. And then we'll, we'll jump into it. All right. So what about your childhood wouldn't most people guess? What about my childhood that most people wouldn't guess? Oh, I guess that I, I love to freaking eat food, even though it doesn't look like it. I am a fatty at heart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Still fatty in person. You, you, you follow him on Instagram? This dude's. No, I need to. He's enormous. <laughs> yes. Awesome. 
Um, what fear have you outgrown? Uh, what fear that I can't do something. I guess that's summing it up. I used to have, in the beginning of my career, I was very um, reluctant. I always felt like I couldn't do something for whatever reason in my head. I had just, just those balls built up in my mind. And, you know, for the last five years, it's just pretty much been bulldozed straight through that wall and, you know, led to where I'm at right now. Nice. Love it. You can't skip questions. What, there's an order? Yeah, there's oh, an order for a I'm reason. I'm with this one. All right. What habit <laughs> would you like to break? What habit would I like to break? Binge eating at 9 p.m. every day for the last uh, year. <laughs> <laughs> what he didn't tell you is he's like binge eating like Brussels sprouts and uh, <laughs> protein powder. <laughs> broccoli, you know, yeah. Chips, ice cream. I've been on a big ice cream kick the last year, so I got I to gotta break that. Um, yeah, I, that I have the same exact issue. Um, <laughs> you, but you don't have the problem that he has in the morning where he's at the gym at 4 a.m. <laughs> what problem is that? Yeah. Um, is social media good or bad for society? <sighs> That's a loaded question. Oh, man. John is Bickle. it good or bad for society? I mean, it's good for business. But for society, I don't know, man. There's just a lot of... What, in my opinion, there's just a lot of BS out there, and it's just kind of twisting the viewpoint of a lot of the younger generation that are getting into our our business. So, can I say fifty <laughs> fifty? I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I think you could go in a lot of different directions on that, but yeah. I, I think to to just sum it up, I think a lot of people the the problem with social is that you can be who anybody you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. You can make yourself appear to be anybody you want to be, and then. You know, uh, but the positive, though, of course, is that you can grow your business substantially, you know, overnight, sure. not overnight, but but I should say not overnight, but in a way where you can like, be for perceived instance, as exactly. somebody who's killing it. Well, I would say people who can watch this episode in the middle of the night across the country, across the world. So you can grow, you know, 100 times over 100 times faster because of right. all these different platforms. Yeah. I mean, look at, I don't know if you guys follow the Liver King or know anything about the Liver King. That's my boy. You guys know anything about him? I don't know. He, All right. So this guy is like the gigantic dude that has been preaching that he's been natural for the last however many years of his business. And he's clearly not natural. He's clearly on all types of gear, but he built a business on his social saying, eat raw liver, eat bull testicles, and you're going to look like me. And then he was outed out. It came out that he was on steroids and. You know, everybody's like, what? I can't believe it. This is on, but, is this Netflix? No, it's a real dude. So there's there's like there's a bunch of actual guys who are like in their fifties and they're like they preach how organs like you eat liver. Yeah. Liver is like very nutritious, but he's like, eat it raw, eat it raw. But he was the one that marketed it the best on social media. Correct. The other yeah. guys, like they they look muscular, but they're not like Hulk. Yeah. But he just marketed it like a beast. Maw, maw, loud, proud about it. And then that's how he blew up into like a multi-million dollar industry in comparison to everybody else that he was competing with. But he was just yeah. marketing it better. Than what, does that, else. what does that tell you about marketing? It's genius. Yeah. Genius marketing, man. Genius marketing on social. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right. I'm closing it out with one more question just because I, sure. I see you playing guitar a lot on uh, on Instagram. Much better than Kiro. Kiro has a very nice Les Paul, probably one of the more expensive ones you could buy, but couldn't couldn't play it for uh, the life of him. I could play. <laughs> if you could choose one musician to perform at your wedding, who would it be? Oh, easy. George Lynch from Don from Dawkins. 
I'm an eighties metalhead right off the bat, baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that was your quickest response. Oh, I already know. <laughs> Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, let's dive into it. I know um, you and I connected a few years ago when we did a transaction together. Um, I think what always was impressive to me was at that point, I had just gotten into some of the Mike Ferry sales training and coaching. And, you know, I was up early. I had a strong morning schedule. I was prospecting. I was calling expireds, calling Fizbos, doing all that, that stuff. And you and I were connecting one day when we were doing that deal. And you were sort of on that same path, like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making these calls too. I'm, I'm I got a strong morning schedule. And then I remember asking you, are you, you know, currently in coaching? Because it sounded like we were, you know, being mentored by the same person. And you had said, no, I'm not in coaching. I just sort of, um, you know, have developed these habits. And I guess, yeah. you know, when we were talking uh, prior to today's recording, you were telling us that it was sort of based off of uh, some mentorship you had received. So. Uh, again, I thought it was uh, would be great to bring you on the platform. We always are trying to bring people who bring you know tremendous value to to top producing realtors out there. So, uh, without any further ado, we'll we'll have you uh, take the lead from there, man. Tell us a little bit more about, I guess, how you got started and why you started or decided to build your business off of uh, outbound prospecting, cold calling. Sure. <clears throat> so I I came well. I got into real estate. You know, I'm 36 right now, so I got into it when I was 26 because I wanted to buy a, a multifamily. And and honestly, I remember that Sunday uh, Sunday evening I was watching. I just stumbled across Million Dollar Listing New York, and uh, you know I, I saw. You guys remember that show? I yeah, of course. It's popular anymore, but it was season two, and I and I saw Luis Ortiz, who's Latino, and and then I saw what he would like the commission check that he closed, and I was like, oh, I think I can do that. But at the same time, I wanted to buy a multifamily and that was my original goal. And that's how I initially got into it. And I met my former, my former business partner, my former broker and my previous company guided me through the process. He basically told me, listen, you have the personality to be a really good salesperson. You're very regimented. You should get your license. So I got my license. I was part-time for three years while I was doing my PhD and I was closing maybe four, maybe six deals in those, in those three years, you know, per year. And then in my second year, I actually landed at, you know, 403 Paris drive listing in Wayne, uh, from a cold call. And, um, you know, I, I just started getting better and better and better. And I, and it, I can remember it was really brutal in those part-time years because I would wake up at four 30, go to the gym, be back home by seven 30, cook and pack my meals, go to school do research from 8.30 till 4.35, and then I would leave to go show homes like 4.45, uh, 5.45 to 7, 7.30, get home, eat, study until 12.01, and then I would do it all over again, Monday through Friday. I did that for three years, man. It yeah. was brutal. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really brutal. And then Saturdays and Sundays were my days for, for real estate when I was part-time. So what was it that made you say, forget, you know, getting my PhD or forget pursuing, you know, uh, yeah. uh, being a doctor. So I, I ended up getting my PhD. Yeah. I ended up, a lot of people don't know this, but I ended up getting, uh, I got a postdoc scholarship from the National Institute of Health. And I, I went to New York University. I was fully funded for five years. It was basically a, a tenure, a tenure track professorship scholarship, meaning I just do research for five years. I published articles for five years. And then after that time is done, I get a full-time, you know, tenure track professorship at New York University. Wow. You know, I get, you know, the, the full package, the salary, the benefits, blah, 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 blah. 
But by the time I got to that postdoc, every single day I was looking at the clock and I was like, oh, dude, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I, like, I can't do this. This is horrible. And then I had all, by that time, my pipeline buyers and sellers, because I was cold calling religiously for three years up until that point. So I had a spreadsheet of like 400 seller leads and like 100 buyer leads. And I was always following up with them. And it seemed like I was always getting that year specifically for whatever reason. I want to list my house. 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 And I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then nine months in, I went up to my committee. I, I got them all for a meeting. And I uh, said, hey, guys, just FYI, today is my last day here. I, I'm quitting. And they thought I was going to another university. And they're like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be the best number one real estate agent in New Jersey. <laughs> and they all, they're all doctors in their professions, high esteemed colleagues, researchers, publishing crazy you know, data. They all looked at me like I was completely out of my fucking head. Yep. Like you're you're going to be a realtor. You're going to give all this up to be a realtor. Yep. I said, I said, yes, I left. It was, I remember that it was 10 AM. It was a corner bar at the, by the, by my research lab. I went to the bar. I freaking drank like 10 beers. I took the train back home, slept the next morning. I was in the office at 8 AM. <laughs> <laughs> haven't looked back, haven't looked back since. That's something you guys share in similar because I know similar story. Yeah, yeah. John has his uh, real estate finance or an MBA as well. And I know that he got hell um, for going into real estate from his family, and yeah. uh, you know I'm, I can only imagine what you got, especially since your mother's dream was my son's going to be a doctor. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I know John's story for that's like his how Egyptian he, father. Actually. Yeah, I don't know. why I always refer to that instead of yeah. I can't do Latino one. Why you do not, doctor? All right, whatever. Um, but I know how John overcame that, like that negative feedback from the family, right? But how did you do that? Because support in real estate is probably one of the most crucial things that you need to keep a positive head pushing forward. You know, I think at that time, you know, my mom had already because I was getting more involved with real estate than, I, and I was always, you know, I was always telling mom, I'm really not happy. Like, I really don't like this. I don't want to do this. I really love real estate. Like, I'm going to take care of you. Just, I got to do this. Because, you know, the old school mentality, you got to have the nine to five. You got to have your health benefits, right? No matter what, you, gotta, you need your health benefits and you need security. And, and I told her, I was like, mom, you know, I, I'm going to be fine. I know I can do this. Look what I've done just as a part-time agent. If I just focus, I'm going to do something and create something really special for us. And after I had that conversation with her and after I left, she was, she was cool with it, man. And she's been my number one supporter since. <laughs> John, how did your parents react? <laughs> they weren't like too too against it. They just, um, I think there was a lot of questions like, "Are you sure?" You know, you, we we paid for your your. They paid for <laughs> probably fifty percent of my undergrad. I paid for all of my masters, and you know, it I, not. It, I think a lot of people say, "All right, well, you could be a realtor without you know even finishing high school." So yeah. you know, are you sure that you, you went to school for all these different things and now you're going to want to? just be a realtor but uh of course the the desire is not to just be a realtor it's to sell at a very right. high level and you know i think a lot of us could sort of uh, transition and go be salespeople in any industry right it just happens right. to be that uh we like to like this field because of course the the commissions are are the way that they are and there's there's enormous value so um talk to us a little bit more about how like, you know you created like i think when we were talking about some of the topics we would dive into today, you were talking about how 
you always had a strict regimen and a really, really strong schedule and why that's important for uh, success in this business. Yeah, consistency, right? You know, I I didn't realize it at that time. Yeah, I was pretty much forced to do it for my previous uh, broker, but now I obviously realize it. But back then, you know, I was just always indoctrinated with, listen, as soon as you're at the office, get on the phones and dial from eight to 11. That, that's a schedule that, that he gave me to do. And, you know, I, I, like I realize it now, the first five years when I was doing that, especially when I went full-time, you know, that first year that I went full-time, I went back on my spreadsheet. And like I said, I had, you know, over 400, 300 leads in there. And I remember I spent that first week just literally calling every single person. I did that Monday, that first week, Monday through Friday, I went through that whole entire list and I think I got like three uh, listings right, right, like right then, right off of that list. Nice. And I really didn't even think twice about it. That's that's all I just. It was just so indoctrinating in me. I didn't like it, but every morning, eight a.m. to eleven. Tuesday, every morning, eight a.m. to eleven. So then, over time, you know, the more calls you're making, the more contacts you're making, the more prospects you're getting. Right then, it's just a matter of nurturing them and following up and converting them. Right. And then what I realized by going into year two, year three, was that my system was, you know, I didn't have any really fancy technology in my previous brokerage. It was, you know, a book, a pen and a spreadsheet. And I still, unfortunately, still do business like that. But uh, it was just, okay, you know, I used to cold call religiously, like really heavy November, December, January, February. And then my goal was to qualify 100 seller leads. Right. And by qualifying, what that meant was they have expressed some type of interest in selling within X amount of months. And then what I would do every quarter religiously was follow up with every single person relentlessly until I got a yes. And then when I realized once I did that, I mean, for the last six years of being full time, fortunately, I never went a month without a closing or without a listing. And that's, you know, for six years straight, you know, I was very, and it's not luck. It's not fortune. It's because I did the work Yeah, yeah. and it was just following up. I, I tell everybody, I didn't do anything special. In my opinion, I didn't do anything different than anybody else before me has done. All I did was cold call, stay consistent, follow up, repeat. That's it. Yeah. That was, well, I, I think, I think that is the, the thing that you were doing that was different. I think a lot of times, at least in today's real estate world, agents, new agents who get their license, first thing they do is go and create their real estate Instagram account. And then they're like, all right, so where are the leads? What do I do? And when are the, le- and when are the leads going to call me? Right. So, uh, you know, I think you were ready to roll up your sleeves. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about the broker or the mentor that you had previously that, that instilled that into you and to your office, because I, I know from my experience, I was in a real estate office, although that broker of that office recruited me because he knew I was in real estate finance and thought I would be good like you. Uh, once I was in his office, though, they were not, you know, of that mentality of outbound calling and prospecting and lead generation or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I actually sort of saw what other people in our market were doing. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's a, you know. That's what's making them money. So I was the only person in my office that was sort of interested in that path. But um, yeah, I think that sort of regimen schedule is, is of course, what what brought you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. So um, 
how did you instill that in the people that are around you? I mean, how do you how do you get the people that are on your team now excited about doing that when we're in a world of of like, uh, you know, hey, I want to just post uh, something on Instagram and hope that everybody calls me. Sure. But <clears throat> I'll answer that just to go back really quick. I forgot to mention. So my, my previous broker, he had his uh, he had his banker's license. He owned a mortgage company. You know, he was an underwriter, a processor, a loan officer. He invested in the secondary market. So he had a really, really strong mortgage background. So I can basically, in my second year in the business, I can basically underwrite a buyer that I would meet in Dunkin' Donuts. I would ask for income, total debt obligation. I would uh, ask for credit. I would sit down with that prospect and basically hand to paper, basically qualify them and, and give them an idea of what their, you know, I would calculate their debt to income ratio, front end, back end ratios. I would have three banks that I would know what their, you know, highest DTIs are and basically right then and there qualify that buyer and tell him, I think based off of this, if you're not bullshitting me, based off of this, you're going to qualify for X amount for a single family or a multifamily. Mm. So I had that knowledge already. So initially when he had me cold calling, it was cold calling to get buyer leads over the phone, like calling you know renters and converting them over to buyers. And then I transitioned into, because I wanted to be a listing agent, listings, right? So that was the background that I came from, which is indispensable in my growth. That is basically what I translate now to my new agents that are that are coming onto the team, right? A lot of the people are straight out of school, one month license, two years in the business, but I basically train them the way I was trained. They have a full boot camp the first week on mortgages because I teach them everything they need to know about mortgages, property uh, description, uh, condition, appraisals, and then an introduction into prospecting, sales prospecting. And then I sit down with them, which is the exhausting part of this. I sit down with them and I coach them one-on-one -on -one for a month straight. And they have to adhere to that schedule. And with my script that I've developed over the last like eight years, it's if they put in the work, they're almost guaranteed a listing within the first month of being with me. And as, when they get that, that first listing, it just blows their mind. They're like, what the hell? How did this happen? How did I do this? And then we build off of that. <laughs> How many people that you start that 30-day calling, prospecting, training period actually make it 30 days? Small percentage. <laughs> yeah. But the small percentage that make it through, we know us, you know, as veterans in the business, we know those are going to be the ones that are just going to, you know, skyrocket in the business. Yeah. You know, the other ones will get by and, and do deals and make money, but, you know, the other ones are just going to be at that higher caliber. Yeah. I, I find it interesting because we have, uh, you know, a few team, a few people who have joined our team. And yeah. when they realize that, you know, that's what we are expecting of them uh, to to generate leads, to, to, you know, hit the phones, to do lead follow up, whether it's with buyers or sellers. Uh, the consistency is really is really uh, hard to, to replicate. And you yes. do see a lot of people fall off after the first few days, first few weeks. So I've even had other agents on the team say like, well, you know, what happened to so-and-so? And I'm like, well, you know, they're, and it's not always that we ask them to leave. It's just a lot of times yeah. that they're like, shit, I thought this, I, mean, would, I thought this would be a hell of a lot easier than it is. Yeah. There's I tell everybody on day one, when they sit down with me, this is honestly one of the hardest, hardest businesses out there because it does require a level of consistency that if you do not have that consistency, it's tough to really produce, you know, at that high level. But at the same time, 
if you really think about it, it's not rocket science either. It's just sit down, learn a script, master the script, make the calls, be consistent, and fill your pipeline up and follow up, and you're going to close deals. Yeah. Right? The, the, the basics of it is, in principle, easy. It's just a lot of people don't want to put in that work to, to, to get there. Yeah. yeah. The consistency helps against the complacency for sure. But the there right. also is like an element of blind faith that's yeah. required in the beginning because it's like yeah. it's a contact sport and it's a numbers game at the end of the day. And some people will, you know, within a hundred contacts, they'll convert a listing. And then you just know that they're really, really skilled. Some people have to do three hundred. But that blind faith to to go at it and be relentless with trying to find out what that number is, is I think what splits the difference between the people who, like you were saying, make that 30 day in our savages and people who don't and fall off because they don't think they can, or they just let that lack of faith in their abilities basically get themselves out of, you know, production and they get in their own way by doing that. Correct. I agree. What would you say is the best attribute for a new agent that, that, that makes them the most successful? Just, I guess two things. Well, number one, just a willingness to, to learn, yeah. right? A willingness to just be, open and just take the criticism, take the, take the molding, take the coaching. They're just open to it and they listen and they absorb everything that you're telling them. And then they put it into action. You know, those are the ones that I really think are going to be super successful. Yeah. I'm starting to realize, I think I was, as I was asking you the question, I'm like, I think it's probably someone who's coachable. It's just, it's almost like, and I think that's what helped me in the beginning was uh, I remember saying, I remember telling, I just came back from Mike Ferry offense and I, event in Vegas and I was telling somebody uh, that I went to, I figured out what the top producers in our market were doing. I knew they were all Mike Ferry agents and I went and signed up for Mike Ferry coaching. And at the time when I signed up for $1,000 a month and I remember somebody asking me, well, what are they going to teach you to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to teach me what to eat, what to wear. <laughs> If they're going to teach me how to do uh, real estate in Spanish, I have no idea what I'm going to learn, <laughs> but I am ready to do whatever it takes to to sell at a high level. And I say that jokingly, but that I think is what was one of the best things for me is like, I'm like, hey, whatever they're doing, I want to do it and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. No, no, I, I had, you know, back then, you know, five year, you know, my first five years, I just had this insatiable drive to just succeed. That, and that because I, I left basically a secure that was like the path of secureness right I follow that path it's all laid down in front of me I'm good to go in five years I don't have to really worry I'll have a salary blah 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 but I ended up choosing the the path with just fog and I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen right so I, I went into the, I, I can remember the first five years I went into into the office with you know just this drive like I have to make it I have to make it I have to call he's, he's telling me I have to call I got a fucking call I don't know if he's right but I got a fucking call all the all the rentals only a hundred dollars per deal I don't care give me 50 of them I'll close all 50 of them open houses Saturday and Sunday I will do every single open house I, I don't care that was my mentality that I had back then I don't really you know maybe you guys can tell me this but I don't really see that same drive in a lot of the newer agents that are coming up yeah. it's it's like you just want to be handed everything <laughs> well it it, it it goes back to your your coachability right it's like i don't know what i would learn from doing an open house but i'm willing to go do one tell me what to do give me the sign i'll go over there i'll do it right i think you know i think a lot of times people struggle with and this is another thing that i was talking about with somebody recently and at this retreat was 
a lot of people don't want to start going through the actions of being a realtor until they figure out, hey, well, tell me what all the process is first, right? Tell me, is it the inspection before the appraisal or is it the appraisal? Once you teach me all of that, then I can go out and try to do this. I'm like, and, and that's why Fernanda on our team is so great because I'm like, hey, call all of these people and see if you can get them to go out. She's trying to work with some buyers. See if you can go out and show them homes, right? And the other day she was like, so if they say yes, like, what do we do? And I'm like, well, you're going to put in an offer if they say yes. Figure out that part and go. Yeah. And then later on, of course, she understands the process, you know, from a from a big picture. But she's not so worried about like, well, what happens next? I'm like, we'll figure all that stuff out. But just get out there and and get those, you know, those leads into the pipeline. And then we can help you with the next steps. Yeah. Yep. But it, it all comes down to obsessing. Like literally, um, I, I brought this NLP book with me because nice. I, I literally every time I was like, all right, every time they have a free minute, I'm going to refer to like a quote in there that I was trying to like ingrain in my mind and obsess over and obsess over and obsess over. And it's like, John and I, if we hear something, it's like, it will constantly be in there where it's like, you're, you're obsessing over it because you're actually interested in how um, it's going to impact you or make a difference. I think a lot of the disconnect is, you know, Mike always teaches once you connect the dots between the skills that you learn and the income that you earn, that's when everything changes. So you become right. obsessed with learning because you know it's going to directly correlate with what you're going to earn. Um, but yeah, having that great. tenacious mentality where you're never going to want to quit at it is something that you can't teach. Yes, one thousand. You can't teach that. Yeah, impossible. What would you say to some of these newer agents when you sit down and you go through the whole script with them? If they're saying, "Well, you know, Peter, can can I say it this way, or why don't we do it this way?" Or you know, people that are always trying to divert from the script or change the script. Sure. I say, uh, get out. <laughs> I tell He's them, writing a note. He's like, get out. <laughs> I, you know, I do get that sometimes, but I, I tell them, listen, stick. I've made a gazillion phone calls that I know almost 98% of the time how these people are going to respond. This script is made and tailored for this. It's, it's, my script is literally one page long. It's the easiest script anybody could possibly learn. Sure. I tell them, stick to the script because a lot of the times, you know, statistically, I think 45% of agents out there or just salespeople in general, they always give up after the first no, right? So it's, I teach my agents to get through three not interested. Like I, especially for somebody brand new, I kind of just tell them, go through the script. And if you get down, I almost guaranteed, if you get down to the third not interested and you deliver that next part, right? They're going to open up and they're going to speak to you. So it's just a matter of showing them, right, to get to that point. And once they get to that point and they deliver that pitch and the prospect starts talking to them, they look at me, they're like, holy shit, you're right. And, and I said, all right, now let, let, let's keep it rolling. This is how it's going to be, right? So I, that's when they realize, stick to the script and you won't go wrong. <laughs> Another thing I think is interesting, you said that, you know, you've been with eXp now six months. You guys have grown yep. your team to 62 agents. Um, the agents that are coming on your team, what are some, I know we talked about some of the best attributes, coachability. What are some of the backgrounds of, of your best agents? Would you say these are people like we've always had success with people who are in hospitality. Maybe they were in the restaurant industry, bartenders. Uh, we've had some good people who were in, uh, education cause they've got a, a lot of patience or no background yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> so what are some of the, that? yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some Obviously. of the, the best, uh, you know, I guess, uh, past experiences. Yeah. Our, our top producers right now at our team, they either come from, I believe a sales background, you know, whether they're, you know, in cars, 
you know, selling, you know, at, at T-Mobile. Uh, we had a couple of T-Mobile in car sales, uh, selling like Costco stuff. Uh, a lot of them came, or uh, travel agency. Cause a lot of some of the girls went, came from uh, travel agencies. So I guess just being in some type of sales, you know, um, place is what, you know, for us specifically on my team, those are the ones that are showing a little bit of, uh, you know, that, that upper level echelon. Yeah, I think that's a it's a really hard thing to to teach. Even when I was sitting down with our transaction coordinator today, um, you know, that persistent follow up. It's like, hey, you know, can you get this to me this afternoon? Or like, hey, are you interested? It's like, you know, a lot of people will do it one time. But I'm like, no, no, no. If they don't get you that file today, you got to ask them three more times. And if they don't get it to you, then snooze it and get back to them on Monday. And I think a lot of people, you know, don't have that in them or that, that interest in, in continuing to follow up. But what I've found is that, that hiring people with, you know, sales in their blood, then they're ingrained with that sort of thing. We can teach you real estate, right? Mm, I mean, real estate's not that hard to teach, uh, you know, from a macro perspective. Uh, but if you've got the sales skills, you know, those are the types of people I'm most interested in. Yeah. Me too. And, <laughs> and what Mike was saying at the event last week, and I hate, I hate, to, uh, I hate to keep referring to it, but it's just so recent. Um, you know, if you want to go be like a medical sales rep, first of all, you have to have probably medical sales rep experience from either another company. But then you have to go through like 90 days or 180 days of training on the actual product, mm -hmm. right? Correct. Then you go out there and you're going to sell it every single day to these doctors who are probably asking you much more difficult questions than some of these these sellers who have yeah. never sold a home before, right? Yeah. So you're selling a device to a doctor who, who uses another device every single day. We're selling a service to a seller who's probably never sold a home before or maybe has sold one or two. Mm. And, you know, you have to go through far less training. The product that we're selling or the service that we're selling is far less uh, complicated. It's just I hate to use that word blessed, but we are blessed to be in, in this world where we have such a, um, you know, such a, a path low to a low bar to, to entry and just a path to success. So, yeah, um, correct. It's it's interesting when you make that comparison. Yeah, there was a top agent in um, Florida, Georgia, uh, Brian Spain. Yep. So Brian Spain had a seminar where he was saying that the the attributes he looks for in a person, or the most common attributes that he finds in successful salespeople, are people who have something to prove, and they have they want to make somebody like wrong, right? They just want to be like, you know, watch this. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this. So he's like, so I look for the single mom. He's like, I look for the person that just like, you know, who's like angry and just like got fired out of a job or something like that. But it's it's crazy when you think about it because when you put hard times in front of people who are like absolute savages, they tend to double down on the activities that they know are gonna work for them. So the same way that you took three listings the first week, you burned your boat is the yeah. exact situation that a, a savage would do versus like, you know what? Let me just eat ice cream, chill out for a little bit. I need a week to like, you know, get some sleep. You went right into that activity. Um, yeah. I think the biggest struggle is finding people like that today who want to yeah. get into the industry more than anything else. And I, I give you credit too. I think we brushed over this before, but when you were talking about how you wanted to transition into real estate, you were talking to your mother and you're saying like, we're going to be okay. We're going to, you know, do just yeah. fine. So, you know, have you always been in a position where you've been sort of taking care of your mother? Is that how you grew up? Yeah. So, you know, my, my, my father passed away when I was 15 years old. So it was my mom that was, you know, busting her ass for years, you know, working two to three jobs to, you know, she sent me to Catholic school. She sent me to, to college, right? 
So we, we, we were always struggling up until, you know, I was 26, 27 years old, you know, making ends meet. So whenever I would work or, you know, make extra money, it would just go towards my mom. So in the beginning, you know, for us as, you know, five keys, you know, five keys to successful people. One of them is you have to know your goal, right? And you have to know why, why you want that, right? So my goal was I really wanted to make sure that my mom was taken care of. Right. And, and why? Well, because my mom has taken care of me for my whole entire life. So in the beginning of my career, that was my obsession. Right. I was like, I, I got to make it because, you know, I got to take care of my mom. Right. And then over the years, it's transformed now to where I'm at now. But that that was my why back then was my mom. <laughs> mm. So do you help develop like the agents wise on your team? So that way they're able to be able to be a little bit hungrier in that process, too. I try to, but again, you know, right now it's kind of the, the building phases, you know, how in the beginning, it's just like old Chaos. all over the place and, and, and it's just a little hectic figuring out the systems, you know, up until I made the move, I, I was a solo producer for the last, you know, 10 years of my career. I, I didn't have a team. Um, it was all me by myself. And then my mom ended up being my assistant the last four years. So she would be the one handling all my showing requests and like booking my appointments. So it made life a little bit easier, but now transitioning into, you know, the team leader road, you know, some ups and downs and some system, figuring out some systems. Um, but in terms of grooming our, you mean grooming our agents, right? Yep. Yeah. We, we, Fernando and I, who's my business partner, we, we do that because, you know, we have expectations with volume and how much we want to sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we give every single one in our, on our team expectations on how much we want them to sell, how many calls we use Mojo. I don't know what you guys use as our dialer. You know, if everybody gets coached by us, we expect them to make, you know, at least a hundred phone calls a day or at least a prospect for an hour or two hours. And we hold everybody accountable for that. Yeah. Crazy part, Mojo, it's two hours you're doing that. But one thing you said that you just like kind of said it nonchalantly, you went from a year. So a year ago, you were a solo agent and now you have solo 62 agent. agents on the team. Correct. So you recruited yep. 62 agents. Did you recruit a whole brokerage? Yeah, what the hell, man? No. <laughs> Did you pay these people? <laughs> no, no, so I left my previous brokerage. I, I was promoted to VP of sales and, uh, but I was still, you know, producing at a high level. But then last year is when I started, and actually the last two years up until this point, I started to realize that my methods, my coaching methods in terms of cold calling were really reproducible and re would, were really coachable to agents that wanted to learn. Um, so that's when I started to get into that path. And then when I left, you know, I left with six agents from that other brokerage. And um, from there, I guess I just went back to the to the basics. I I cold called people <laughs> to 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 join the team, and now I'm at 62. <laughs> That's awesome. Just That's just impressive. I guess um, it, it it is. Very... I would have started with that from the beginning because that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's um. So I know you're doing some of these events where you're teaching other people um, some of the techniques and strategies you guys are using. He's actually doing them in our, in uh, our building. Really, at, at, at uh, Route Seventeen, yep. um, which is awesome. We got to come down and uh, and uh, yeah. support you guys in some way. Um, of course. What are some of the mistakes that you would say some some agents make early on in their career? Some mistakes that they make, I guess they try to put their eggs in one bat, all the eggs in one basket. So a lot of agents will come in, they look at social media, they see a million dollar or not even million. We're old now. What's the new? 
cool shows, Sunset, Selling Selling Sunset, Sunset yeah. something like that, whatever it is. They watch those shows and they think, oh, you know, I can do this. You know, so this guy is doing this. I, I can do it. So they come in and um, they just want to be a listing agent. And then they just focus on being a listing agent. They completely disregard the buyer leads. They completely disregard the renter leads. Right? And right now, rent, renting is you know, expensive. Yeah. You can close 10 deals of those and make $10,000 if you really wanted to. Right? So they just put all their eggs in one basket. And what they don't realize is that there's a huge learning curve in cold calling. There's a huge learning curve in prospecting for sellers. So it's going to take time, two months, three months, six months, nine months before you get your first listing, yes. right? So you spend all that time without prospecting for buyers or renters, and now you're not making money and then they get discouraged and then they leave. That's what I really do see as, uh, you know, some mistakes that some agents are making right now. Yeah. So what would you say is the, the, the way to, to work through those mistakes? Just, just be open, open to working with people on all ends of the spectrum. All ends of the spectrum, all ends, because that's how you learn, right? You know, I, I wasn't just focusing on sellers in my beginning. I was focusing on everything. And then whatever came my way, I took. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I got started, all I wanted to do was rentals. And I would, I would people, I would laugh at people who did the sales because really? I was like, <laughs> You get paid in 60 days. I get paid in like six days. It might and be 10 times less, but yeah, it was much less money. <laughs> but but I was at a, po at a point where I could do like, you know, some of those big managed buildings at Hoboken. I could do three of them in a weekend and you'd make six grand by Monday. And, I'm, I, you know, I'd say to my friends, well, you know, how much did you make this weekend? And it was, uh, you know, it was like very replicatable and duplicatable, like yeah. you said. And then, of course, I realized that uh, the people you know, uh, working on sales, we're making a hell of a lot more money. And then, but, but I wasn't too proud to try to do the rentals because it's interesting, like in our market, of course, people who are not in the Northern New Jersey or like New York market don't realize, you know, the significance of rentals, but it allows you to work with sort of a, a less serious or uh, prospect, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you screw yeah. up a rental, like nobody's going to really be that upset with you. It allows you to learn the buildings, the areas. It allows you to have, like understand how showings work and how like yeah. the basic stuff, like setting appointments, scheduling appointments, picking up keys. The fact that if you set an appointment for four o'clock, if you hit traffic, you're getting there at four twenty. Mm. Sometimes you get there and the keys aren't in the lockbox. All that stuff that goes wrong. It allows you to learn that stuff on a rental. Yeah. And again, if it falls apart and it doesn't work out, then it's not the end of the world. Um, and sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. I mean, I just I listed a thirteen unit for six million in Pasig. Uh, last week, nice. that actually was a rental lead that I had that I went to go show the, the building. The owner was there. I started talking to him and I said, listen, why don't we try to sell this? You know, it's all rented out. The, ca the, cash, the cash flow is great. I think we might get something pretty good. Yeah. One week nurturing. He's like, OK, let's do it. Wow. From a rental lead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It could lead you to the landlord side. Or, yeah. or those renters, you keep them in your database, you nurture them and touch them, touch on them every three months. And, you know, you rent somebody a $3,000 apartment or even a $2,500 apartment, that's a five or $600,000 buyer next year yeah. when they want to buy. Yeah. So, you know, but you have to sort of be willing to put in the time with those people and, and learn the business. So yeah. I always tell sure. people to start with rentals. Well, it's, it's like you said, Peter, earlier, it's like you, the last quarter of the year, you spend time trying to generate a hundred potential relationships to keep yep. following through. It's not like yeah. buyer or salary specific, it's relationships because relationships. you really never know what comes out of this business ever. Like yeah. you never know what can actually like uh, 
the person you're talking to on the other line. Funny story, I, I, I had a, an appointment a couple days ago. The guy was an expired listing for a small condo. Talking to the guy, as I'm talking to the guy, because of just the coaching, I'm just asking other questions. He owns like four other properties, right? Yeah. So he's like, all right, I closed for the appointment for the three family, got it on the next day. And it was just like, it was awesome because everybody else who was probably just calling him was calling him about the condo, but not going yep. further and deeper and deeper because they were only seeing him as an expired condo. Yeah. Yep. So people are more than what meets the surface of what it is. And that's, that's awesome that you said, you know, in the beginning, hundred relationships. I had a seller years ago, $90,000 piece of land in like Roselle. It was like an expired. <laughs> I don't know. I had a good conversation. The guy said, yes, this was like early, early on. And I'm like, why am I going on this appointment? But anyway, I'm doing research. I'm, I'm yeah. Googling the guy before I go meet with him. And I realized he's a light, he's got his real estate license. So I'm like, am I going to drive out there to find out that this guy doesn't even want to sell? Like he's yeah. a realtor. Yeah. So I called him and I'm like, hey, I'm just calling to confirm our appointment today, four o'clock or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Perfect. And I'm like, hey, I, I got to ask you, I, I noticed you have your real estate license. Why, I'm a realtor. I'm coming out there to try to list your property. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, let's meet. And I'm like, no, but you're an agent. And he's like, yeah, but I also flip and sell a lot of homes. I'm a developer. He's like, do you want to meet with me or not? And I was like, oh, no, no, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> so I ran out there. I listed the place for $90,000. We sold it in like 10 minutes. And then he gave me actually like a $1.8 million listing in Hoboken. I mean, it wasn't like moments later. It was probably six, nine, 12 months later. Uh, but the guy was a flipper. He gave me a lot of deals over the years. And uh, But I almost talked myself out of it because I saw he was a realtor. It's funny you say that. I had a, a really funny story. Two years ago, I cold called this house in Patterson, spoke to the son who was a realtor and had an active license. I have no idea how I pitched this kid, but it must have been amazing because I listed the house underneath me. And then I got the broker a record from his company called my broker, like, what the fuck? Do you know he, you know, this kid works for me? How, how, how dare you? And I was like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. That's uh yeah. There, there, there's there's crazy times where it's like there was one guy that we had a couple of years ago, the the 75 Broadway. The kid's dad was a realtor and then he listed and then after we went on the market, after a couple of days, he called, he's like, Man, my dad's about to take me out of the will because he because <laughs> he got mad at me that I listed with you. Because when, when we were talking about listing the property, he's like, yeah, but my dad's licensed also. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. He could bring buyers too. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to give your father yeah, the first, first 10 gen. days. He can bring any buyers he wants. And of course, we'll share our commission with him. <laughs> it's uh, It was funny. But I, funny. just being cognizant of time, Peter, this is awesome, man. Yeah. It was a pleasure yeah. meeting you. And hopefully we get to have a chance to be able to collaborate with you locally since you're right here. Um, yeah, that, that'd be awesome, guys. Yeah, we'd love to find a way to work together. Um, of course, now that we're both over at EXP, um, and uh, even if it's just supporting, you know, your event with like a sponsorship through the the podcast or something, we're always trying to get our name out there and get more more subscribers. So let us uh, let us know if there's any way to help contribute to your business. Of course, we're all fellow cold callers. We can role play. We can pitch yeah, each other. I still love doing that every single day. It's in my blood. Of course. I, I actually, if I go home at night and like didn't, you know, make at least uh, a couple of attempts, uh, I actually feel like I'm not doing you know, it. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
So, dude, thank you so much. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to collaborate? I usually say if they want to give you referrals, but those referrals should go to us. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What, what's the best? <laughs> no, in all honesty, if anybody wants to reach out and engage. Yeah, yeah. My, my, you know, if you have Instagram, obviously, the Dr. Real Estate, and then um, just the DrRealEstate.com is where I just kind of refer everybody to, to look at just you know, to contact me directly from there or from my social. Yeah. And I should say you guys are doing a lot of a lot of great things on social, man. It's uh Thank you, man. it's been interesting to follow you guys. Thank you. And uh, you know, likewise with you guys, all all the success and all the best this year, it's gonna be for us that prospecting preach prospecting is still gonna be an incredible year. It yeah. will be. It will awesome, be awesome, man.